Welcome into No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast, your place to go for on-demand Titans coverage that is 100% free of the nonsense that we always see in sports talk these days. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of No Nonsense, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We are here to recap the Titans draft. Um, Guys, I kind of went into the facility Thursday night expecting, you know, a nice, calm, peaceful draft where they pick up some good players and... Give them a little round of applause and head out. But uh, it didn't go that way. It was uh, dramatic, to say the least. And it started to get dramatic when, at about pick 12, I hear David Beauclair from Sports Illustrated All Titans say, I'm bored, guys. He angered someone, some deity, some football god. Because about five minutes later, the A.J. Brown trade came down the wire, and what was a peaceful, perhaps boring evening became chaos for about three hours. Um, it's a weird situation, the A.J. thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I, we didn't see it coming. We, we thought he'd be here for the long haul. Yeah, I mean... The- yeah, like it's it's weird, you know, for everybody involved except for AJ. I mean, it, it was certainly one of those situations where you like triple check the blue check on the Schefter tweet to make sure it's not Barry McCockner because it's not that it was unbelievable because, you know, there was so much smoke in this direction. And, and like I told you guys, I my takeaway after being at um, the, the Robinson and Vrabel pre-draft press conference was... There was more to this whole situation than we were getting. I still didn't think this would happen, though. Um, but but what's so complicated about it is it it's so weird trying to figure out who's to blame because of all the different information that's out there. Like my column that I wrote on Thursday night is is you know I let him over the coals because I thought it was ridiculous that they didn't give AJ Brown twenty five million a year. I don't I don't care about the salary cap. The salary cap's not real. It's going up next year. You can move on from Bud Dupree, Tannehill, and or Derrick Henry. Um, but but then this information comes out um, about the you know maybe AJ Brown's agent wanted twenty like. Hearing all of the information we've heard, let's start here before we before we even get into Traylon Burks and moving on and and was this the right move and all that. Like, what do you make of of the facts that have been thrown out there? Because AJ Brown said they offered sixteen base up to twenty in incentives, and then there are these reports that that I can somewhat confirm about the uh, the Titan. Well, I can confirm this is the Titans' perspective on this that uh, that. They wanted 27 with 80 guaranteed. I don't know. I I feel like both sides are kind of putting their own spin on the situation. And that's fine. Like, that's what happens um, when these types of situations uh, occur. But I I don't really know who to believe. 
I find I find it hard to believe that the Titans didn't want to try to make this work as much as they could. I mean, everything about AJ Brown, everything we've heard about him, everyone loves him, the entire organization, all of the fans love him. He's been one of our best players for ever since he got here, even as a rookie. Um, John Robinson has always loved him. Mike Vrabel has always loved him. I mean, Mike Vrabel a couple months ago, or like one month ago, pretty much said that they're not going to trade A.J. Brown while he's the coach. There's no way that this just like, you know, what was was supposed to happen. So I don't know. I think some went wrong. I, I think there's truth to both sides. But the, the Titans have never been cheap. Like they extended Tannehill. They extended Derrick Henry. They're probably going to extend Jeffrey Simmons. They extended Byard a few years ago. Like they've Landry this year. They're not cheap. They are not a cheap organization. And when they like someone, they try as much as possible to keep them. And the fact that AJ Brown is the one to leave, who every single person um, in Tennessee loves, just makes me think that there was something more on the AJ Brown side that that held the Titans from being able to, you know, come to a conclusion. Yeah. I mean, are we asking like, who do we believe? Because I, I mean, I told y'all this the morning of, before, I mean, before anything else came out, I said, there's no, like, this doesn't make any sense at all. There, the Titans are notoriously tight lipped about anything like this. And they were, you know, putting articles out, putting podcasts out on the official like Titans podcast. They were going on radio shows saying like, you know, Rabel went on Rich Eisen and said, you know, not as long as I'm head coach. I mean, uh, for a team that is so tight lipped and so not interested in lying to like fans or the media or whatever, that they love to give no comment like to do a word salad and not say anything. So for them to definitively all say that they're committed to make getting a deal done and for everybody involved basically to like say the Titans have no interest in trading AJ Brown and then for AJ Brown to get traded to a team where his best friend plays, who he's been working out with like recently who in his press conference today, he said, oh, we joked about it a few weeks ago about me getting traded to the Eagles. Like, I mean, there there is no world in which, the, in which these conversations were initiated by Robinson because he didn't want to pay A.J. Brown. Like, anybody who thought that at the time is foolish and was looking for somebody to be mad at. Like, I, I don't understand in what world they thought yeah, maybe this report that they wanted to pay him less than they're paying Harold Landry is real. Like, I, 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 it was just so clearly manipulation from A.J. Brown and his agent and all that to say, like, hey, let's get ahead of this story. You know, let's push the blame over here. Then we'll dip and, you know, uh, any previous obligations we have in Tennessee, we just won't show up to those. Like, we'll just say we changed our number. and then leave uh, like i mean it like there is uh, you can do backflips and make yourself believe whatever you want to do but if you look at everything that they've said and then look at everything they've done in the past you know it, mike Vrabel was talking about how proud he was of aj brown as the man he'd grown up into being and the father he'd like 
he'd become and all that kind of stuff. Like they spoke about his character, all that kind of stuff. And then AJ, you know, put like, let's just be honest. He pushes for a trade. He no comments about whether he asked for a trade. Then uh, Rusini's report comes out that says he asked for a trade, uh, all that stuff. And then like, I I don't know. Like, I, I don't know in what world now did, did the agent ask for 80 million guaranteed? Probably, probably not seriously, but it's a weird number to just pull out of thin air. It was probably in, and I'll just say this because I've, I've said this to y'all too. The series of events to me was they, they were talking, they, you know, they were dealing with like, they were negotiating like NFL players do. And then this agent that reps all these receivers said, what if everybody on my team just asked for a trade and I go see what kind of deals we can get. And then once I find somebody who gives you a deal, you agree on, you just will stop talking and then hold that team ransom until they pay you. And then, you know, the Titans were progressing with negotiations that happened. They completely, you know, didn't pick up the phone, like didn't show any interest in negotiating. And then they came back and said, okay, you're going to have to give us $80 million a year over the same time period uh, to outbid the Eagles, or he's going to go play with his best friend. Like, I, like there's, I mean, maybe something else happened, but a lot of the times the simplest solution is the right one. And I mean, that it, like, there's just no simpler solution. Yeah. And, and like I said, if you go read the column I wrote Thursday night at, at A to Z sports.com about, the trade, I I think, I mean, I, I was hard on it. Like I, I hated it. And, and and at that point, my thought was, well, surely the Titans had the chance to pay him what the Eagles did, or maybe even less. And they just wouldn't do it and they were being cheap. And and I and, and saying, well, we can just get Traylon Burks and he'll be just as good. And that's a huge risk to take. But but the more facts that have come out I still hate it. I don't. I don't necessarily hate that they didn't pay twenty-seven million. It just it 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 irks me that AJ Brown is no longer on this team. Like as I'm writing the column, I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, maybe I maybe I don't hate this. Maybe this makes sense. And then I think back to like the Bengals game or or the 49ers game, and I'm like, oh no, I hate this. This is awful. But you know, and I will say this too about AJ Brown. Assuming these facts from the Titans' perspective are true, uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that he wanted out and to play with his buddy Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Because if we look at this logically, it's a terrible move for A.J. Brown. Ryan Tannehill is great for A.J. Brown. I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill is great. I'm saying the two of them had a real thing going. And Tannehill loves throwing A.J. Brown, man. Tannehill spreads the ball around to everybody else except A.J. Brown. He feeds that guy. Ryan Tannehill was good for A.J. Brown. The Titans were good for A.J. Brown. A good fit. Um, Jalen Hurts, I'm sure, they're, I'm sure they're homies and they're bros and they're buddies. But Jalen Hurts isn't good. <laughs> and, and Jalen Hurts isn't going to be good for A.J. Brown. But all of this to say, A.J. Brown's a very emotional guy. Uh you know, and and you don't have to look further than his Twitter account to see that he's not someone who thinks things through. He totally act. It's all act and react. Um, you know, a year ago I was calling AJ Brown King Tweet Delete. It took some other people some some time to 
to, to catch up to that trend. But this dude is the king of posting something stupid on Twitter and then deleting it 40 seconds later. A.J. Brown is a human being who does not think things through. I like A.J. Brown. I enjoyed the time you know around him for three years here. Love watching him play ball. But he's an emotional guy, and this was an emotional decision, and it's a stupid one. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like just just by his Twitter antics, like he's a very impulsive um, type of impulsive. person. That's, that's the word I was a, searching for and couldn't get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just his type of personality, and, and you know, it also translated to the field, and it's why he was such a good player for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, this is weird. Like the the fact that it seemed like he just wanted to go play with Jalen Hurts. Uh, and it ended up working out that way because the Eagles really wanted a big time receiver. They ended up getting it, but Jalen Hurts might might only last one more year as a starter there, and then they're back to square one at quarterback. Um, and then what's going to happen with AJ Brown? Is he still going to want to stay there? I, I I don't I don't really know. So he's going to have to because just, trading him is going to be financially yeah. unviable. I know it's just it, this is such a weird situation, and I really. Didn't see it coming. I, I don't know if uh, other people did. Like, there were obviously all these reports, but I don't know. Just a weird situation. I, I'm going to miss him a lot. I'm still sad about it, um, although a lot of the reports that have come out since the trade happened has kind of softened the blow in terms of thinking that the Titans were just completely at fault for this. But I think both, side, both sides are definitely to blame. Um, and, and all we could really do at this point is move forward because yeah. it's in the past. He gave us four great years. Um, three. Or was it three? Three great years. And that's years. what's wow. so shocking about this. A.J. Brown played yeah. three years for the Titans, and that's it. Yeah, I know. I thought he was going to be a Titan forever. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe that was he wishful thinking. He probably just tweeted but... that at some point. In fact, while Will is talking yeah. in a moment, I'm going to. I, I'm fairly certain I remember that tweet. I think he has. I think he has literally tweeted that. I'm about to go viral if I can find this. I'll, I'll fill the time then. Uh, like, yeah, I, I think something that's important for all of us is to make sure that, you know, we're clear when we're talking about this. I don't care that he went to get money. I don't care that he wanted to get paid. I don't care that you, like, if you told me I could be paid $25 million a year, you know, to work and play with like my best friend. Cool. Like I, uh, in a heartbeat, like, uh, you know, no questions asked. The issue I have is the it's not my fault tweets as he's running out the door. And then, you know, that like to like because the reason why you didn't hear rumors on draft night of why there was, you know, two sides of the story is because the Titans said we wish AJ the best and all that. And AJ went leaking around rumors and saying they only wanted to pay me 16 million. It had nothing to do with money and don't look too closely at my, you know, Instagram or hear anything that Debo said, or like, look at how, you know, look at all this stuff of me and Jalen hurts. Like it was them. Don't look at it. Bye. And let's like, you didn't like, I, you didn't have to do that. Like it doesn't, uh, it doesn't like hurt me. Like what, what makes me upset is uh, how quickly Titans fans brought bought into it because they wanted to be like negative and wanted to spiral like they they so desperately want to get back to where they were, you know, before Robinson was here, where we were winning two or three games and we just wanted to like that was the identity we had like it like that's the depressing part. Like if AJ came out and said, hey, I love my time in Tennessee, 
I've got a chance to play with my best friend, you know, like I had no hard feelings. Uh, you know, I'll always love Tennessee for drafting me, but I like, I really think this is best. People would have been mad for a second, but they wouldn't really care. Like that's what Devonte Adams did. Like he, like he didn't want to stay with the Packers, even though he was in a better situation. He said, trade me to the Raiders. We're my cold college quarterback and I'll play with Carr because he and I are really good friends and they'll pay me and it'll, it all works out fine. Like he didn't, you know, leak stuff to the media and say, look, like, you know, it's not my fault that they try. It's like, like that's, that's an extra step that you don't need. And I mean, it's going to be tough for him in Philadelphia because Titans fans loved him because, you know, he like, he grew into a wide receiver one. They traded and paid him to be a wide receiver one. He can't miss four games and then have two games where he has so many bad drops and they're like, they're not good. You know, they don't have a Derrick Henry to overcome that. Like they don't like, they need him to be a true number one receiver. Like he's getting paid to be or else it's going to get negative quick. And you don't want to be the focal point of the negativity in Philadelphia. So utilizing the Twitter advanced search feature, I, I didn't find a tweet of AJ Brown saying that I'm currently seeing if he ever said that in a media interview. Um, I mean, he deleted the tweet. Yeah, like, of course, yeah. <laughs> like, it, there's no, like, there's no outcome where he didn't delete, like, a bunch of tweets with, like, the like the word Titans or Tennessee or whatever in them. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm not seeing anything here. I, I could have sworn I, I had seen that at some point, but it's it's looking like I made that up, so. Oh, well, that would have been fun to, to, to discover. It's, it doesn't exist, though. If you're wanting tweets, though, stay tuned. This I, I think, guys, this is the most excited I've ever been for Stop the Nonsense, because for mine, I will be reading the four dumbest tweets I saw this weekend. Because um, there were, man, were there plenty of those. So stay tuned. Let's talk about the Titans draft picks. <laughs> we haven't even gotten into that, because, look, if their hand was forced in the way that they claim it was, then you have to like how they came out of it getting Traylon Burks. I a first and a third isn't much, but I don't know. I mean, Traylon Burks. Yeah, I, I want people to stop on this. He's just like AJ Brown. No, he's not. They're they're. I don't think they're that stylistically similar. Um, I, I, but that's beside the point. Traylon Burks can be a number one wide receiver for this team. And and I think people would have been all over Traylon Burks if it hadn't been for the sting of losing A.J. Brown. It was just, it, the whole thing had a weird air about him. But as a player, I mean, he was someone that the three of us talked about for weeks as being someone that made sense for them. Yeah, I, I mean, the A.J. Brown trade just completely loomed over the entire first day. And, and, and really the second and, and third day also. But um, yeah, I mean... Put the trade aside, and Traylon Burks was one of the players that I think was one of our favorites, and we absolutely wanted the, the tight ends um, to to try to get him. We weren't sure if he was going to fall to 26. Uh, it ended up being that we got him at 18 a- after the whole trade, um, and I think that's pretty fair value. He's He was one of our favorite players. He was, I think he was Will's wide receiver one. Um, He was right up there for me, too. I just think he does a lot of things well. He's a fantastic yak. 
uh, ability kind of guy, and he could create explosive plays um, out of nothing. And he he's he's not exactly AJ Brown. Like AJ Brown is faster um, and, and a more polished receiver, I think. Even though AJ Brown went in the second round, um, but he ended up being a, a very polished receiver in terms of route running. I think Burks ha- still has a little ways to go um, in terms of kind of rounding out his uh, his route tree. But, I mean, the after-catch ability is, is so tantalizing. And in an offense where a lot of the big plays are predicated on that, on, you know, catching a slant, making someone miss, and then going the distance, uh, he's a perfect fit, really. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with you all about him not being i mean like he is exactly like aj brown like the concerns like oh he didn't run a super fast 40 oh he plays too much in the slot Uh, it's like they win in the exact same way like the only difference is he's like two inches taller or like an inch and a half taller and like five pounds heavier like you know and he ran like a slightly slower 40 like I, i mean they're very stylistically similar in the same things that like you don't care about how they test because when you watch them versus Alabama or LSU, it's like, Oh, okay. Like they're clearly like as good or better athletes with the ball in their hand than like the guys on the other side of the field. And we know that they're good athletes. So, but yeah, I mean, he was my wide receiver. Like, I I don't know if he's my wide receiver one. Like I I liked him and uh, Jamison Williams for two completely different reasons, but like, you know, Williams has the ACL injury and all that, but, I mean, Burks is like super fun. Like he makes one handed catches all the time. Like he's tough. It doesn't matter if he gets rocked, he pops up. Like he'll like if he ever like if he's ever banged up, he goes to the sideline and comes back in. Like I, I mean, he's not a great blocker, but you know neither was AJ. Like especially when he first came. Like that's something that wide receivers kind of have to learn to do in the NFL. So I mean, Burks by himself, like he's he's a perfect fit for what the Titans want. It, you, you, whether we want to say he's just like AJ or not, like he is somebody who can give them those yards after contact and, you know, do the sort of things that they want. Because in this draft, they made a lot of those picks where it was just like, okay, we want to get somebody that when they have the ball in their hands, they are difficult to tackle. And like it, it could go to any of these guys. You'll have to be above average speed and above average strength to tackle them. And you've got to do it all game long. So, uh, I, I mean, Obviously, I love the pick. It was a position of need. They had to get somebody, especially after the trade. So I, I'm glad they did that. Are they going to play him like they did AJ? Or, or is this going to be like the other rookies where it's the whole, well, you know, he's going to earn his spot. Like they got, he's, he's got to play him, right? Well, it's funny because they didn't really play A.J. Brown the full allotment of, of snaps. Well, I mean, he, he had 100 started. yards in his first game. Yeah, yeah, but I think he played like yeah. half the snaps. He played game, less like snaps than Tajay. Yeah, he played less snaps yeah. than Tajay Sharp in each of the first four yeah. games, I believe. So with that in mind, it wouldn't surprise me if they bring him along slowly and just give NWI that wide receiver one uh, tag. Well, which, don't forget which about we all know Robert, they really want. Don't forget about Robert Woods. Yeah, well, assuming assuming Robert Woods is healthy, obviously Woods will be the de facto number one. But I'll, let me I say this Brooks about Woods quickly: I, I, he'll play. I, I just am concerned it's going to be like Bud Dupree or Lawan, where the yeah. play is just not very good at first. 
I think that's okay as long as you have a body uh, out there just because yeah. you don't want NWI um, <laughs> playing so many snaps and some of these other guys. Uh, thankfully, they got Phillips, who, who's pretty experienced. We'll talk about him in a little bit, but... I think you have to. Th- I think you have to throw Burks into the fire right away. I think he's ready to go. Like I don't think this is a situation where um, he really needs to learn a lot. Just put the ball in his hands, and he can make plays immediately. Like he has the NFL size, he has an NFL body, he has all the traits needed for a receiver to to be successful. Um, if you can scheme him up that way, at least in the beginning, um, and then as he develops and gets better, I, I think he'll be a great. I think it'll be a great asset, but obviously it's going to be up to the coaching staff whether they they want to do that. But I don't know if they'll really have the opportunity, especially if Robert Woods, you know, has to be brought along uh, slowly. Here's the issue with how the Titans normally do things and all that. Like, if they want to do that, they really need to go out and sign another receiver because they need somebody who can play the boundary. I wrote about this today. Like. If they're going to try to slow play Burks, which is fine, like I don't think they should, but you know, whatever. Uh, like if they're going to try to slow play him, what they need to do is they need to say, okay, the first thing you need to learn is how to play in the slot because you played it in college, you've got that down. That's where you'll get a lot of your bubble screen action. That's where you'll get all these other things. You'll have a size advantage over the the slot corner. Perfect. Like this is where you need to be. But to do that, you need another boundary receiver. And even if they like Nick Westbrook-Akina, which they do inexplicably, they still need to be prepared for the possibility that Robert Woods isn't going to be able to play week one or he's going to have to be limited or whatever. So to do all that, so you're not teaching all your wide receivers three different positions at once, they need to go out and sign somebody. And I mean... To me, it's pretty easy. It's a pretty easy decision that they should go after Jarvis Landry. Like, I mean, I, I mean this in the nicest way. It's not like they were doing this like to not hurt Tannehill's feelings, but the whole Tannehill quote doesn't matter. Like, it, it didn't matter before the draft. It definitely doesn't matter after the draft. After they've said like, "Hey, you know, we'll get to it later," but we're drafting another quarterback who may take your job. Like, good luck. Like, you know, the the kid gloves are off, and that's fine. Like, you know, make the best team you can. But in that vein, like get an established receiver who's still in the market because there are a few of them out there and just say, okay, you're going to be our X week one. The, uh, you know, Robert Woods, you're going to be our Z. And if you're not our Z, Nick Westbrook-Keen is going to be our Z. And then uh, in the slot, like we're going to have uh, Traylon Burks and you've got to know these 15 plays and you've got to know them uh, you know, against these coverages and that like will work you up from there. Like that's the best way to do this, but I, every every hour that goes by, I'm more and more concerned that they're not going to sign somebody else, and that's it, it, that is not something I want to see. Well, I'm glad you brought up Tannehill because I want to talk about quarterback next, uh, Tannehill and Malik Willis, and, and just sort of you know what are the implications to Tannehill of the Titans taking Malik Willis? Uh, you know what what does Willis mean for himself? Uh, but at the same time, I want to talk about some of the headlines that, that Tannehill made this weekend for what he did and did not do, because I, I think there's some interesting discussion points there. So we're going to get into quarterback, uh, the incumbent starter and perhaps the future starter for the Titans in just one moment. You're listening to No Nonsense at Tennessee Titans Podcast. 
So, so let's start with this. So Traylon Burks does his Friday introductory press conference where they fly him in and he talks to the media. And as you would expect, he quickly gets asked, have you talked to Ryan Tannehill? Because typically the answer to that question is, oh yeah, I talked to the starting quarterback. You know, we're excited to get to whatever. He said no. Um, and at first I'm like, oh, you know, who cares? And then the little... ESPN hot takey guy that sits in the back of my head started to say, are you kidding? This does mean something, right? And and after kind of thinking it through and sifting through in my head, unless Tannehill was like MIA, like, you know, on an island or out of the country or something, I really think my man was pouting about A.J. Brown for 48 hours. I really do. What do y'all think? I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, he posted that photo recently where he was, like, fishing. Um, I think that was, like, uh, two weeks yeah, ago or whatever. Yeah, that was a sponsored post. Okay, yeah, so don't think he was actually on vacation. I don't know. I don't care. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Oh, I'm not saying, really. it, you know, does it matter? It's just, like, it, it's not even, like, because we were talking last week about the whole, oh, it's bad optics. Well, if it's bad optics and it doesn't matter, like, it, is is it not a lack of leadership? Does it not show some ambivalence on his part? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, I know. It, I like, knew you would yeah. say that, Will. <laughs> because it doesn't, like. <laughs> That you like, you know it. Like, I mean, like I, you don't necessarily know it doesn't, but like it, it's the same thing as like he's not there at like the the walkthroughs. Like he didn't text him the day after. Like, I mean, okay. Like, I mean, like that's fine. Like, I'm sure they've talked now. Like he he you know he logged into social media and did his stuff. Like, I I mean. Like what? Let's say let's say he was pouting about AJ Brown. What what does that mean? Like does that like how does that affect his leadership? I don't know that it affects it. I think it's a reflection of it. I mean, why? I feel like we're just trying to find ways to 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 bring him down. I'm really not like. Matt Ryan made a whole A video with his children for Alec Pierce. Well, that's just weird. That's just weird behavior. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and and but- <laughs> Matt Ryan's also trying to like finesse like a three year contract out of the Ursay family. Like well, he, you know, Ryan Tannehill needs to be trying to finesse something. Dude blew the playoff game. He finessed a one seed with twenty corpses around him. Like he didn't have to finesse. I, I'm I'm gonna not cuss on our podcast, but he doesn't like he doesn't need to finesse anything because it doesn't matter. You know, it, let's say that they lose in the playoffs and he throws four touchdowns and two interceptions and they lose by three points because we miss a field goal. It doesn't matter. The narrative will still be the same. It'll still be Tannehill can't win a playoff game because people don't care. People want to just say what they want to say, and nobody's gonna say. You know what? I bet it's because he didn't text Traylon Burks the day after he got drafted. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, he knows, we should all know at this point, he could not show up to training camp. He could do, like, backflips on the practice field for 10 straight months or 10 straight weeks. It doesn't matter. Like, his entire future or legacy with the Titans will be decided in the playoffs. Like, that's all that matters. I think I've figured out why I 
to some extent care about this or think this is meaningful in some way. Because I agree with you that we are not going to watch the Titans at any point this season and after something bad happens, say unironically, well, maybe if he had just texted Traylon Burks that that wouldn't have happened, right? Obviously. It's just what you're expected to do. It's a cultural thing. If you meet someone and don't make eye contact with them and don't shake their hands, no one is going to be harmed by that. You are just acting culturally inappropriate. And in the NFL, it is the thing to do to when you draft a receiver to get a text from the quarterback. It just is, not a tweet two days later. And 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 look, you're right. Like there is no direct impact on the play or the relationship. It just to me feels culturally um unorthodox. Matthias, what do you think about that comparison? I, I understand what you're saying, but is the contrarian thing like that that he's upset with the organization and that's why no, he didn't I think he was just pouting about AJ Brown and he, he said screw this to himself. I don't I don't think there was some deep ploy and that like there's a rift. I think he w- he was doing the same thing AJ Brown loves to do. He was he was being emotional and impulsive. Well, what if that was the case? What if he was upset about the AJ Brown trade? I mean, we were all upset about the AJ Brown trade. Well, I think I, I think Maybe. he was pouting about the AJ Brown trade. That's why it didn't happen. Let's also well, say this: we don't. I know. wouldn't mind if he, if he was like at least that that means that you know AJ Brown mattered to him and he cares about the organization and what's best for it. And he was just upset in the moment. But I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's a huge deal. I mean, Ben Jones, ben Jones texted him. Well, Ben Jones is awesome, and they they like went. Tannehill hard is not hard case closed. No, I, he's not as awesome as Ben Jones. Ben <laughs> Jones is like doing like cartwheels in the end zone. When we, like <laughs> Ben Jones is awesome, but we also don't know how Tannehill reacts when we draft receivers because we've only done it like once since he's been here, and it was a Bracey McMath. Like Patrick. it's not like we had. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like it's like we don't have a big laundry list of like, oh, it's weird because he texted this guy. It's like, no, like we got no idea. Like maybe he somebody texted called AJ Daz and asked how got drafted. Somebody called Daz and asked how soon after he got drafted did he hear from Ryan Tannehill? That'll, that'll yeah, it's, that'll crack this case wide open. Yeah, so it's like we like it's not like there's a standard before this. It's just like if that question wasn't asked, like I like. Because it's on the standard like questions of like, ooh, wouldn't it be interesting if he said no? It's like it it's one of it's just so <laughs> yes. many of those questions where it's like it's like, okay, like there's no right answer, but there's a wrong answer here. And it's like, why? Like I mean, it's like, did yeah, you know a lot about no. the Titans before they drafted you? Here's like all the, that kind of stuff. Here's the question we need to be asking. Are you ready for this galaxy brain take? We need to do so. We get our crack research team on this, Matthias. We need to figure out how soon after AJ Brown was drafted did Marcus Mariota reach out to him, and then take the inverse of that. Uh, that's a good <laughs> question. That's going to be hard because Mariota has no social media, so I'm not going to be able to find even a tweet. He sent. He He's waiting on the like after he flew so, in, playing with the leg. He sent him a postcard, bro. <laughs> yeah, from Hawaii. In a Bible verse. Let's move on from Tannehill because we're we're just digging a rabbit hole here. And and let's talk about Malik Willis. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
obviously the Titans are not going to, in the press conference, come out and say, Tannehill's in trouble, man. We took this guy to be the future because Tannehill's expensive and we want to move on next year. He threw too many picks. I get that they're not going to say that, but my take after listening to Vrabel and Robinson talk about Willis was they liked Willis and when they and and they went into the draft not thinking, man, we got we wouldn't it be great if we got this guy. It just so happened that he fell longer than anyone anticipated and they're like, well heck, we would be dumb not to. Like I I do, I'm of the opinion and I wrote this the, the Titans drafting Malik Willis does not signal much about Ryan Tannehill. This is not an indictment of Tannehill. This is not the clock starts ticking. They just took a good player that they liked, and what happens, happens. That's how I perceived it. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, if they really thought that Malik Willis was, you know, the quarterback one, and they're a guy of the future that was going to replace Tannehill as soon as possible. They would have drafted him earlier. They would yeah. have drafted him at, at 35 or at 69, probably not in the first round because they probably knew that he was going to slide a little bit. But at a certain point, like the positional value um, is just too hard to ignore. And the fact that he was probably their highest rated guy on their board at 86, probably by far, just just because of that positional value of him being a quarterback. Um, but no, I, I don't think this immediately signals the end of Tannehill um, and his his you know Titans tenure. I think Tannehill is very firmly going to be the starter for this year. But you know, if it goes very poorly and in the playoffs, the same exact thing happens. It happened last year. I, I do think that the Titans at least gave themselves a, an option going into 2023 uh, and beyond. But I don't know. Like, I, I don't think Malik Willis is ready, and I think the Titans know that. Um, and, and I think they put themselves in a good position because, at the very least, you have Tannehill for this year. Um, I, you do have a potential out next year, and you know whatever happens this year is going to be the determining uh, factor going into next season. So are we going to talk about every individual pick? I need to know this before I give my commentary. I mean, we we can. What? What? Here, I'll, we I'll skipped just, Roger McCreary. That's yeah, why, I mean, uh, we can come I'll, back I'll, to McCreary I'll, if you'd like, and Nicholas Petit Frere. But uh, so we got all summer to talk about this. Yeah, but here's here's my thing because it relates to this. I wrote about it after day two, and if you look at this draft, there's a lot of they got. I mean, not through no fault of their own, but they got caught with their pants down last year not having a, like elite depth and some of that's because they got a ton of injuries at the same position yeah. but it's like take off Burks who's a straight up replacement for AJ because they had to do that you've got McCreary who you factor in Farley and Jenkins both got injured last year okay you know they saw that they needed a you know a corner he was their highest rated player on the board like just in terms of like needed a like premier backup they got him they saw Lewan go out for extended periods of time, and they had to deal with Bobby Hart and people like that at left tackle. Okay, they get Nicholas Petit Frere because they want to make sure they've got that. You know, it, Malik Willis is the only one where they didn't have an active injury last year, but he makes sense because best player available, 
if your starting quarterback goes down, you're in trouble anyway. But then you've got Haskins at running back who backs up Henry who missed time. You got Okronkwo, which you needed another tight end anyway. Like it's like you, you go through and you can see the guys they're trying to replace or protect themselves in case certain guys get injured. And Malik Willis is the only one who's like, okay, he is a true, like, best player available, like a guy with no path to starting immediately, but who could start long term. So he is interesting to talk about because he is sort of an outlier in this class. But again, like, does it start the clock on uh, Tannehill? Like, no, I don't think so. Like, if, if Mariota wasn't as bad as he was in that stretch. Well, and, and that's that is that's the difference cuz I think Tannehill absolutely started the clock on Mariota. Well, it, yeah, and also like even if the clock started then, like uh, like he they gave him a super long leash. Like it was like 6 games or something before he came in and then like uh, like I think Tannehill was on a one-year deal, mm-hmm. like and then they signed him to a deal after that, so it's like like even then they weren't like this is our quarterback of the future if you fail they're like if we play this guy and he does well we'll give him a new contract yeah. like it's basically it, how that it, happened it is similar though it is a similar situation because and I'm glad you I brought mean, it Tannehill, up well Tannehill is pretty much like he was brought in to be the backup because Mariota was getting injured so often that they needed a good insurance policy and obviously also they thought, you know, what if Tannehill like ends up being pretty good <laughs> and maybe he can be yeah. uh, the long term, the long term, you know, option. It, it ended up working out that way. And, and I think this is kind of similar. I think this is a similar type of play where at the worst Malik Willis is going to be a good backup quarterback or you can at least use him and, and create some offense if Tannehill does go down. And if Tannehill falters and Malik Willis looks good, then he's your long-term option for the next four years. I think it's very similar. And there is a second way to look at this, and that is with Arthur Smith, They, we don't know if any of this happened. This is just speculation and look in hindsight. With Arthur Smith, they could have said, okay, we have an option to draft or to trade for this quarterback. If we traded for this quarterback, could you make an offense that works for him if we had to put him in? And he said, yeah, you know, and, and then we get the offense we get and all that. And the rest is history. It, he, if Vrabel and Robinson or whatever could have a similar conversation with uh, Tim Kelly with downing, like in the corner facing away from them and say like, Hey, if we get a chance to draft Malik Willis, at what point would you draft him? And could you create a playbook for him? And he could say, yeah, you know, when I was offensive coordinator of the Texans for those three years, we had a lot more design runs for Deshaun Watson and not saying that he's Deshaun Watson. But, you know, I do sort of I I, I made a playbook for this guy who threw YOLO balls and who, you know, ran around all the time. And like he made so many plays off of like scrambles that we added in some designed runs and the offense kind of worked as long as our guys were healthy and we were building something. And then Bill O'Brien traded away, you know, new Hopkins, like we, we can, we can figure something out. And he said, cool. Like it, this, you know, we'll draft him, you know, can you do it with Traylon Burks? Sure. Like, because Traylon Burks, this is another side note, but he like compares, I think it was Justin Graver who had it. Uh, it's the second time I've messed this up. Uh, 
or Lombardi maybe who had uh, the RAS scores of Traylon Burks and uh, Nuke Hopkins, and they're super similar. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, like they could look at him and say, okay, if we want to move on from Tannehill and we want to trade him, because if Matt Ryan's worth a pick, then Tannehill's worth a pick, and we want to trade him after this season. Can you have an offense in place that will work for him? And that's what they're going to test now. And I, I mean, I was as anti like quarterback as anybody you know around. I, like I thought it was a stupid decision in the first round. I still think it would have been a stupid decision in the first round. But the, the third round or trading a fourth round pick for a quarterback is a completely different ball game. You're not connected. You're not forced to start a guy like. You're not, as a GM, you're not connected to this guy and forced into doubling down on bad decisions because you're afraid of the perception. Like, if you spend, like, the third round pick on Malik Willis is so perfect because it's ultra cheap. It's still a four year contract. You know, you have time, you have a starter in front of him with no outside pressure, and you have time to have him in practice and say, okay, he really threw the ball well to guys who were, you know, Outside the numbers, fast guys. We've got one of those guys, but maybe in this next draft, if we're playing on him starting, we need to get another one. Like you can spend time to tailor an offense to fit him, which is so important. So, uh, all things considered, like that—that's what I think. If if there is a long-term plan to start Malik Willis, it's not okay. Tannehill threw three interceptions in Week Seven. Yank him. We're going with Malik Willis. No, I'm I'm with you there. I, th- this doesn't mean anything for Tannehill's future. It feels immensely different than the the Ryan Tannehill trade with Mariota because even though that was never an open competition, it it always felt as though he was Mariota insurance, whether for injury or bad play. Because let's not act like Mariota was great in 2018 and just fell off the wagon. Mariota was very average at best in 2018, whereas Willis is not Tannehill insurance. Uh, Tannehill has had a remarkable bill of health with the Titans. And, you know, I don't think... Tannehill hasn't struggled in the regular season. That's the thing. It's the playoffs. So nothing's going to happen that is going to get Tannehill off the field in the regular season. So totally different situations there. Um... Where do we go next? Let's back up to McCreary. Because I think I didn't like the McCreary pick at first. And and thinking about it since, I've, I've, it's grown on me, I guess. Because um, they need depth. Like you said, Will. They just... They need good players, and I don't. I still don't love the pick. It's not that I don't like McCreary. It's that I don't like taking a cornerback with... What what would have been your first pick if it weren't for the AJ Brown trade? Because because let's look at that like it is. Because if the Traylon Burks trade thing doesn't happen, cornerback would have been their first pick of the draft, and I think we would be looking at it a whole lot differently, right? Well, if, if Burks wasn't there at twenty six, you're saying. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Sure. No chance. No chance. He is. So he wouldn't have been. So yeah. I. I yes. I. I would look at it differently. But I don't know. I, I don't know if we really could. 
But yeah, I agree. I I mean, I, I wasn't a huge fan of going quarter cornerback at that spot. Um, I just felt like I mean, they they really didn't have too many holes. Um, but I wasn't a huge fan of it just because I feel very strongly uh, about the top three cornerbacks that we have. I feel good about Farley as at least a prospect and a talent. I think Fulton was one of the better cornerbacks in the league last year, uh, and Elijah Molden looked great as a rookie. So I, fe- I feel very confident about those three, but I get it. Like Farley is coming off a torn ACL now, plus he had that injury in college, the back injury that he came in with. Um, and you, you can never have enough cornerbacks in, in today's NFL. And especially when you look at the makeup of the AFC, how many quarterbacks, how many good quarterbacks are in the conference right now, how many good receivers are in the, are in the conference right now. It makes sense for them to go with a player like this. Uh, and I really do like him, uh, as a prospect, just a you know, sticky coverage guy can play inside, outside, um, really excited about him as a prospect, but yeah, at, at the time, I just wasn't a huge fan of going cornerback, but they ended up kind of making up for it with their other picks. So probably shouldn't, you know, have reacted until all of the picks were made. And I think that's that's usually how it goes. Yeah, so it it's weird because you look at the roster and they don't really need a starting corner, right? So to to us watching because they draft a receiver, but we all talked about they you know I changed my name from just a dra- just draft a receiver to just draft another wide receiver, um, on Twitter. So like we all expected them to draft another receiver, they did later. But I think we all wanted them to double down and you know maybe get a guy and then come out and say how they had a first round grade on him and blah 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 like that kind of thing because they I mean there were some good players left on the board like. Dotson was already gone, um, and uh, like I think the top guys were uh, Christian Watson, who I believe the Packers traded up in front of us. He, to, yeah, he to went draft. right before the yeah, other receivers like, that I think would have made sense. Maybe Pickens, although I, I, they probably wouldn't have drafted him, and Sky Moore. Um, I think maybe were the only guys that kind of made sense there in terms of receivers. Yeah, and Sky went bottom of the second, right? Like he went like fifty four. Like he went to yeah. the Chiefs. He fell yeah, a so little like, bit. Yeah, yeah. So like it, you know, he wasn't he wasn't quite where everybody was thinking, but it, I think that was part of it. But I mean, I, I feel comfortable with what they did. Like I said, I still wish they would have another outside wide receiver. But if you're trying to make sense of this pick, I tweeted uh, this earlier. Um, how they could use this package because uh, they used something similar last year. So uh, I'm going to list the 11 players that would be on the field at safety. It would be Byard and hooker. The boundary corners would be Christian Fulton and Caleb Farley. The slot corner would be McCreary. Then you would have one linebacker on the field who would be either David long or Cunningham. And then you'd have a dime linebacker who was Elijah Molden then you'd have Landry Simmons, Autry, and Dupree. Uh, now, the reason I bring that up is because I think they would. I think they will continue to use Elijah Molden in the slot. Like I don't, I don't think he's at risk of losing his job. But you could bring in McCreary to play in the slot, and you could go into that dime package. And No Flags Film uh, saw the conversation and tweeted that. Uh, the Titans ran the fifth most dime package 
and he put a picture up that was kind of the exact same thing, except they used Crookshank in that safety like linebacker role. So if you're if you're looking at it like, okay, they thought this was the best player on the board, how can they get him on the field? I mean, they used twenty three percent of their defensive snaps, which is a fair. I mean, that's what like three hundred and fifty plays a year, like. So without injuries, there's a path for him to play a quarter of your defensive snaps like that. I mean, that's not perfect. It's not like, you know, a full time starter immediately. But for as much as the Titans ever play a rookie like that feels like a pretty good like amount of snaps. And it feels like something I can see them doing. So uh, like like I said, like the McCreary pick, we all were kind of like confused with at the time. But looking back on the class as a whole, like I can see a path for him instantly getting like a sub package role job and then also being like top tier insurance for any of the corners if they get banged up. Yeah. It makes sense, I guess. It I don't know. It's, it's one thing for us to sit here and say I would have done something else. Like what what else would you have done? Like like were there players there that you would have picked instead? For That's me, the no. Thing. Like, like there, there really yeah. wasn't. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, and I don't really know what position other than receiver oh. because I feel like maybe a tight end, like maybe Trey McBride, but I feel like that was even way too. Sky too Moore early was still on the board, correct? Yeah, but Sky Moore's yeah. a slot. Like, there's really not a lot of difference between him and Phillips. Like, it like, and it also doesn't solve the problem that we talked about earlier, where it's like. If you're like, if you're gonna add a receiver, it needs to be like a pure boundary, like up the numbers, like fast kind of guy. Like if there's not that guy, don't don't spend a premium pick because he doesn't complement what you already have and what you like. He doesn't fill what you need. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We'll have uh, plenty of time next week to talk about the the remainder of this draft. We're going to try to get Justin Mello back on uh, to, to recap it along with us. We wanted to give ourselves time to uh, to chat and also give Justin a, a much-needed break after draft season because he does a lot of work. But, but you know, we're, our, our time is running short, and we haven't gotten even into, really, Kyle Phillips, uh, Hassan Haskins, the running back from Michigan. I drafted the tight end, uh, Chig, which he was a small school guy, right? I can't even remember where he went to school. Maryland. Maryland, so small-ish, not huge, but also not <laughs> tiny. Um, and, and, and other picks as well, whose names are escaping me because I didn't put a list in front of me before we started. Uh, but, but plenty of players that I think can help this team win in, in 2022 and beyond. We can get into all of that next week. But in our remaining time together, we need to do Stop the Nonsense. And, and mine's going to take longer than usual because, like I said, I'm going to read my four dumbest tweets from this weekend. And you, you don't want to miss this because I, I have shown these to like friends and, and, and sent them to many people and they, they just make me laugh. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Stop the nonsense in just one moment. You're listening to No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast. Okay. Uh, do, do you guys want me to start or do you guys want to start with this? You go ahead and start. Okay. Go so, for it. So... My four dumbest, and we're going to name names. We're, we're going to call people out because this is just ridiculousness. And I think some of these people might listen to the show, but <laughs> it, 
Don't take it too hard. All right. So, we're going to start, we're going to go in order. We're going to start with number four. Uh, th- this is from Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, and I think he listens to the show. So, Whiskey, uh, please forgive me, but but this is just an odd tweet, my friend. So, someone tweeted at me and said, if you ignore the A.J. Brown trade, this has been a really good draft for the Titans. And I, you know, sort of jokingly responded. I'm like, hey, but that's hard to ignore, you know? I put an exclamation point at the end, like, very friendly. And then Whiskey Tango responds and says, if you ignore World War II and the whole Jew thing, Hitler wasn't that bad. Who we Did we just raise the stakes? <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, not really. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> Matthias is our our resident Jew. Maybe you can give us some uh, a take on that. Our resident Jew—that's my favorite title. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, not the same. Uh, Please refrain from from those types of analogies. What's that called? (laughs) It was it was kind of funny though. What's it called when you invoke Hitler in an argument? There's a word for it. It's the something effect. It's, it's uh, there's a name that people have given it. It's like when you're arguing with someone, and it's like, well, well let's look at Hitler. Like, it, you just it's a logical fallacy, essentially. Yeah, um, I can't remember the he name. It does of come it. up in conversation every now and then. It's yeah, just, people love that. His legacy that just keeps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should stop. Yeah. Turns out it's really cancel it. Cancel okay. him. Yeah, cancel so him. we're we're gonna go now to the, the number three. So this is from B- Bonafide Bro. So A to Z Sports, so we're joking throughout, me and Austin Stanley and Buck are, are texting throughout this, after they pick Kyle Phillips about Mason Kinsey fans freaking out. And so someone, I think it was Austin, tweeted from the A to Z account and said, whispers, there's going to be a Kyle Phillips versus Mason Kinsey Titans Twitter war this summer. To which Bonafide Bro quote tweeted and said, it will go similar to Ukraine versus Russia. And Kinsey is Russia. Why are we doing this? What? What? Why do we keep putting wars into all of these analogies? This bad. <laughs> Wait, Kinsey is Russia, meaning he's <laughs> in. He is doing the invading, I suppose. I mean, like I, I thought it meant like he was the stronger power, but like surely not. Either <laughs> way, the, a the analogy itself doesn't make sense, and b too too soon touchy subject let's let's not um so number two now we're getting into the elite stuff those, those were just warm-up acts for these next two so uh the next step so the titans do a questionnaire with everyone they draft and one of the questions they always ask is uh why did you choose your jersey number and malik willis who wears number seven answered that it, he has seven because it took god seven days to make the earth now, theologically, that is incorrect. It took God six days to make the earth, according to both the Christian and Jewish traditions, um, and he rested on the seventh day, but that's beside the point. However, this conversation then occurred on Twitter. At Nuclear Womprat says, has anyone even asked if he's willing to play on Sundays? And then he quotes Exodus thirty-one fifteen: for six days' work is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, holy to the Lord. And then Jay says, that's old Jewish law. We are under a new and better covenant that Christ ushered in after his death. That was not, okay, I'm a Christian, right? I'm tracking with this. Why are we talking about this with Malik Willis? What is happening? 
Yeah, you're a resident Christian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, this is so like, weird. I lost that race, I guess. But <laughs> Matias has his title. I- <laughs> this is so odd. Like, like and there, all the replies are like, "Sir, this is a Wendy's," because <laughs> it's just this like novel on Judeo-Christian law and like the old covenant. This is like to decide if Malik Willis is going to play. <laughs> Were these all on the same day, by the way? Uh, they all happened this weekend. They were all during the draft. I don't know that they were all the same yeah. day. Gotta <sighs> love the draft. Oh, gosh. That was something. But then, the doozy of, of the doozies. Uh, this one, Teresa Walker pointed this out to me. So she tweets, um, you know, a tweet maybe trying to contextualize the A.J. Brown trade. And someone responds and says, and wait till the end, because that's where we get to the good stuff. This is Vic, at V Gurley. This trade will be John Robinson's biggest mistake as a GM. He drafts Corey Davis at the fifth pick and lets him walk because of A.J. Brown. Now you let A.J. walk when he deserved every dime he wanted. John doesn't pay black players their worth. That was wild. What are we doing, my friend? And Teresa responds and says, Kevin Byer, Harold Landry, Derek Henry, hello. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> We've lost our minds is, is, is what um, John, the trend. John Robinson doesn't pay the black players. That's the problem here. Goodness. Yeah, that's why I played uh, Jack Conklin all that money. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> is that like... Tan- Tannehill shade, maybe is that what it is? I think I think it's just misguided anger because everybody was so upset about uh, AJ getting traded. Oh my Ugh, gosh, that brutal! Doesn't make any sense. But yeah, those were the four dumbest tweets I came across, and and usually I wouldn't do that, but man, the AJ trade just made people go insane. And and the more I read, the more weird stuff I saw, and those were some of the. Not only were those the dumbest tweets of the weekend, those are up there with some of the dumbest all time that I've seen. But there we go. It's a wild scattershot of different topics, uh, too. So uh, I'll do mine because I was going to do kind of the stuff we talked about at the beginning with the whole, like, everybody being like, wow, I guess you just believe John Robinson and everybody else reporting on this story when we heard from one person that there was a $14 million offer or whatever. Uh, like I, I was going to do a bunch of those, but I, I feel like we've hit on that enough. Um, my uh, mine is going to be everybody who said that the Titans really like Desmond Ritter, uh, because we heard that for I don't know two months that like watch out for the Titans and Desmond Ritter. They really like yeah. Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter's their quarterback one. All this stuff. Like I, I don't remember who said it, but somebody said that there was a quote where uh, they said that. Every all thirty-two teams had a first-round grade on Desmond Ritter, uh, Desmond Ritter, and I was just like, "That's there's uh, there's no chance like he would go top five. And they're like, "Well, you know, a first-round <laughs> first-round grade can mean different things to different people." I'm like, "A first-round quarterback does not get out of the first round." So anyway, but all the people who were doing all the dot connecting because they just figured Ritter would fall that low, and they're like, "Well, I mean, if Ritter's there, the Titans will probably take him because." Uh, Vrabel and uh, Fickle are best friends. And granted, that's very logical, like, 
that's a very logical thing if Vrabel was in charge of the draft picks. But <laughs> thank goodness he's not, or else it would just be an entire Cincinnati roster here. But I, all those people who were connecting those dots and doing that work for him, I, you know, thank you for your service. We'll see you again next year when you tell us that the Titans are going to spend two first-round picks on like a running back or something crazy. But I, I'm fine. I'm glad we're finally over this era of the offseason. Yeah, and well, I, and I'll, I'll say this quickly: the, the mock draft lords just butchered the quarterbacks completely. The NFL did not like these quarterbacks. They fell and fell and fell. And Kenny Pickett, you know, went in the first round to Pittsburgh. The local tie probably helped with that to some extent. And then everyone else, at least the third round. It would be crazy if somebody had told you before the draft that uh, right? the bad wide receiver class and that nobody's going to draft them in the first round because they weren't like good, yeah. like they weren't instant starters. Well, and the thing that, that I kind of had in the back of my mind is, yes, but it's quarterback and the NFL tends to freak out over quarterback. I mean, the last time that there was a narrative of, oh, this isn't a very good quarterback class, uh, number one, two pro bowlers came out of it, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And also, all three of them went in the top 15. <laughs> so... Uh, that's just what we were working off of, but yeah, the NFL stayed disciplined and they, they didn't really clearly didn't really like these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, not even a second round selection. Like they waited until yeah. the third round to, uh, to even take the next one after Pickett and, uh, Pickett probably only got drafted there because of the Pittsburgh ties, to be honest. And there, so. there was some stat where yeah. you had, you had to go back to the year Chad Pennington was drafted to find hmm. the last time that only one quarterback went in the top 50, and it was him. Oh. Well, that one, that one kind of worked out, so hopefully for the Steelers uh, that works out. Um, anyway, um, I'll, I'll finish up with my stop the nonsense. Um, also funny, well, not technically a stop the nonsense, but uh, uh, earlier in the week or a couple of days before the draft, Connor Hughes, the guy from The Athletic, the Jets reporter said that the Jets were eyeing Jermaine Johnson at fourth overall, uh, and he ended up going 26th overall. So that was a really good, uh, really good report from him. He, he's been killing it this offseason. Anyway, okay. So speaking of terrible reporters, uh, this guy Vincent Franks, who Vincent Frank, sorry, who I've seen before, and, and it's like a pretty reputable guy for the most part. Like he's a managing editor at Sports Not Vegas Sports Today, also. Uh, he contributor for Forbes. He's also been on ESPN, Fox Sports, Yahoo, PFF, Bleacher Report. He's pretty much been everywhere. Like he's an NFL guy, um, and he had a report the day before the draft saying that the Jets had offered the tenth pick, the thirty-fifth pick, the ninety-ninth pick, and a twenty twenty-three second, and Elijah Moore for to the Forty ers for Debo Samuel. Um, First of all, the Jets didn't have the 99th pick in the draft. So <laughs> I remember <laughs> so, I saw this because you put it on my timeline. Yeah, yeah. So so that was already shot from the beginning. Uh, and he doubled down uh, because he replied to his own tweet and said, Elijah Moore is the holdup. The 49ers wanted him last year and won't make the deal without him, even though he had just said in the previous tweet that the Jets had offered Elijah Moore as part of the package. So just an absolute trade wreck, and uh, I I couldn't stop laughing. Hilarious stuff, but um, yeah, uh, it, it was it, it was funny. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's a ridiculous trade. I mean, I like Debo Samuel as much as the next guy, but good night. It's like quarterback level. We're going to find out what he's worth at some point because he's doing the same thing. I mean, it's the same agent. Like, they're just going to keep holding out until he gets traded. In my mind, he is like a notch below A.J. Brown. Uh, Like, Like of mm, the receivers. Not last year. Like, I would go. So, of the receivers that have been traded, the three big ones, it's Devontae Adams, number one, Tyreek Hill, number two. Yeah. AJ Brown number three in terms of value, and then I would put Debo at number four. Man, I don't know. Like, I like he was Debo really a good last more year. after last year. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, not that. Like, not, they're close. They're close. Yeah. So here's the thing: we don't really know what this Debo looks like as purely a wide receiver because he had to waste so many other snaps at running back, which also made him more productive. And but that's partially like, why I'm giving him that evaluation. Yeah, so it's like if he go like he won't, but if he got traded to Green Bay, like, it, like how many yards would he put up? Like because I think we, I think we discount him for being in a good system, but he could also just go to another good system. So like I like I want to see where he goes, but like I mean, if he's as effective as he was last year without the running back touches, like he's a top five receiver in the NFL, like. If he's not, then he's top 12. Like, I mean, I, I think he and AJ are very close, though. Like, I don't think, I think yeah. AJ tops out at like top eight because I think you get to five a lot quicker than you think. Like, with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and like all those guys like competing for that like fifth spot if you go top five. But like, if Debo Samuel can do what he did last year twice, like, I mean, he's an all pro like lock. I think he got all pro last year. Like, I mean, like he would be like an all pro lock. So. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this week. See y'all next week for Will and Matias. I'm Luke reminding you and everyone else in the sports world to please not tweet any of the things that I read about wars and the Holocaust and the Titans being racist uh, and, and stop the nonsense. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.